we won't say something as gauche as Wednesday cannibalized for Screen Rovers, but that was a pretty good game. And we'll talk about it here on the Always Americans, Sheffield Wednesday opinion with American accent. We'll just ignore that other one. I mean, we will also recap that other one because that's what we do. I'm your host in suburban Utah, Jeffrey Paternostro. Uh, it will not be under, I mean, it will be under 97 degrees in the next week, but it will not be lower than a high of 97 degrees over the next week. So I am getting into the spirit of this summer heat wave, and I have made a giant frozen margarita about the size of my head, give or take. Uh, I have filled up one of the margarita glasses that you're probably familiar with to the brim with a combination of ice, obviously, Altos Blanco tequila, the Pierre Ferrand orange curacao, and lime juice. It, uh, it's, I guess the ice helps with the hydration part, at least. It's important to stay hydrated while you're drinking at elevation. To help talk about the heady heights that Wednesday saw at the weekend in New England, it's our New England L, Justin Disorder. Justin, what are you drinking? Hey, Jeff. Uh, well, I rushed over here from the rink, and on my way out the door, I was handed a uh, fine Pilsner beer, uh, a Miller Light. So I'm working on that, and uh, I'm sure I'll have something else after it that's, uh, you know, maybe a little tastier. Although, not going to lie, when it's as hot as it is, and you're coming off the coming off the ice, nothing's better than uh, a shitty American lager. Perhaps a little more appropriate for the uh, shitty performance. We saw today <laughs> the Bradford and, of beers and rounding out our threesome in Portland, Oregon. It's Mike Laroon. Mike, what are you drinking? Hey, it is hot here too. Um, so I am enjoying our summer staple, which is Incline Cider Company's Marion Berry. Um, it's very good, but actually, um, Justin, I agree. Sometimes a Coors Light, Bud Light on a super hot day just can't go wrong. So I'm with you. With us this week, we will cover the Forest Green Rovers match in the league, the Radford City match in the Pizza Cup. We'll talk about some Wednesday news, some transfers going in, some transfers going out, some ITK nonsense, and preview. They're playing for this weekend against Barnsley. Only one match this week, which is, a, I suppose, a nice break given the crowded fixture schedule early on. But we will start with the Forest Green Rovers game. Your typical 5-0 Wednesday win we've all come to know and love over the years. Happens so often. Uh, my my in a word, which is actually a few more words. That was liquid football! And it was. It was probably the most dominant Wednesday performance I've seen in a while. Uh, you know, we've seen Wednesday at this level last year especially at home at Hillsborough, when teams actually come to S6 and try to play football, like kick it around a little bit, Wednesday are very capable of just uh, blowing their doors off. And that's basically what happened at the weekend, more or less. Um, you can pick out any number of, I think, great performances, starting, of course, probably was probably Barry Bannon's game, uh, best game of the year. We saw, I think, an excellent performance once again from Lee Gregory. I thought Iorfa and Palmer had a very, very good pairing down the right and pretty much just 
ran rampant on that side of the field with overlapping runs and sort of switching position between right wing back and right center back. And uh, just, I think the other thing you could look at, if I was going to pick a, a second word since Justin just echoed mine, would be man on because they defended from the front about as well as I've seen them, both the forwards and especially the midfield. Uh, Forrest Green came there and wanted to, you know, play out from the back, as Justin wrote in his preview last week. And Wednesday basically completely stifled them. So what I love, Jeff, was the description of, of this being liquid. Um, so this is the same 11 that started against Bolton. And what I really noticed against Bolton that we saw again against Forrest Green that made us so good was the movement between the lines. Our, mm-hmm. Both our forwards, Windass and Gregory, would come back to the midfield to pick up a ball. Midfielders would make runs up past them. The midfielders would come back and cover the back line. Well, as you mentioned, Iorfa and Palmer were making marauding runs uh, up front. Uh, McGinnis was stepping up a bunch early. Uh, we were playing so well, both of those games and both of those wins, with movement between the lines. We were only advancing one line at a time generally, but it was to all sorts of different players. And that movement has completely bamboozled our pre- last two opponents. When we put that starting lineup out there in the last two games, we're plus seven goal difference. Um, a lot of smart players, a lot of veterans, a uh, lot of effort. Uh, that's, you know, we, I don't think Forest Green's that bad. <laughs> we really, that was five, nothing 50 minutes in. Yeah. They pretty much took the, took the foot off the gas after that, which, which fair enough. Um, yeah, I guess that thing was. Actually, just let's, let's discuss though. Did Forest yeah. Green have a, a, a bad day at the office or were we, I guess well, it's hard to say, were we that good or were they subpar? So they don't, I mean, as Jeff mentioned, and when we mm-hmm. talked about in the preview, they, they were going to try to play out of the back and you know what, playing pretty football when, as we mentioned in the preview, they lost their, manager and maybe three best players uh and then trying to come out on the road at hillsborough and play pretty football with us that amped up with with our press that together uh they they couldn't get the ball off us first of all anytime they did we got it right back and just held it we had them scrambling around which they shouldn't have they probably should have sat in a low block and and tried to soak up some pressure and when they didn't we cut them apart I thought they defended all right. Uh, a lot of last ditch defending, obviously, and it's very difficult to do that for ninety minutes with no release valve at really any point in time. What did you think, Mike? Did you did you think they were just a disaster? Or, or no, no. Uh, okay. Actually, my, uh, my my word was Jeff can read it. It's on there somewhere. It was scripted. scripted yeah. Which yes. means um, this is uh, a uh, I'll probably get some flack for this, a top, a, a mid-tier championship roster playing against a newly promoted League One team. And um, this is exactly the way it should have played out. And there were many, uh, um, many design plays, many design runs that happened. You could see some of them were executed perfectly. Some were a little off, but it, it just turned out exactly the way it should have been. And uh, yeah, I think seeing the veterans uh, especially Palmer and Bannon, the way they executed was uh, fantastic. And um, yeah, lots of good feeling coming out of the game. And you simply oh, you cannot, you cannot give, them to pieces. You cannot give Bannon that kind of time and space on the ball, basically. No. And you just can't. And you know, there are teams that can assert themselves more in midfield, you know, clog the midfield more and make it 
a difficult uh, assignment for Wednesday to to break them down or to play they want to play. But unfortunately, Rovers just were not going to be able to do that. And look, they uh, we've seen plenty of games like this, especially for the first you know half hour of Wednesday. Plays this pretty football with these overlapping runs. They don't get any end product out of it, but. They were they were fairly clinical. You know, Palmer was unlikely unlucky not to have a brace. Lee Gregory was unlucky not to have a brace in there. They they took their chances. They put the ball on frame uh, pretty much every opportunity they got, and were certainly uh, got their just rewards for it. I don't even want to pick out like there's so many. You know, Bannon had a bunch of great balls over the top. Obviously, the wind ass goal to set up Bannon for the second one. Just say you can you can go on and on. Byers defending in in midfield and breaking up play and transitioning to attack you know he could have had a goal right at the half too it was a little unlucky not to score and again we we say this like almost every week you know the man of the match for me was liam palmer again uh you can certainly make case for iorfo i thought was excellent as well but you know palmer it's it's a weird one right because you have this idea of when when players peak but you know, he seems to be peaking as a player right now in his early 30s. And that could be any number of reasons for that. I think really you've seen uh, right about the time you're starting to get Scotland call-ups. I think we were starting to see a different different level from him. I think he's really continued on uh, on from there. And granted, you know, it's it's League One and it's not the championship, but it's... Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe I think that... Yeah. yeah, I also think that, you know, similar to Bannon last year, kind of having his breakout even though he's been better than way past but i think the same thing i think the the back line is really locked up right now and it uh, gives a lot more freedom to palmer to be creative and uh, he looks great on the sides well and it may some of it too is just again we're talking these are older veteran players and as mike pointed out like potentially a team full of championship level players you know maybe, maybe not you know probably not getting uh, promotion in the championship, but all these guys can play at that level. Backinson can play at that level. Byers can play at that level. I, I know Higway and Smith, who obviously we didn't see, but we'll, we'll start to see now. Like Those are guys who could play at the championship level. We're, we're a team of veterans with smarts and understanding of the game. And as Mike said, you know, when, when you script these things and you practice them, if, if they go well, boy, it's... It's, it's devastating for the other team. And, and that we've seen nucleus, that for the last couple of that, games. Yeah. For once, we have a nucleus that's actually been together for, you know, a year. Uh, <laughs> lar- largely healthy. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, I don't. So the one thing I do want to, I don't want to overreact to this game too much in like a positive sense. This was a very good performance against the bottom table team. You know, they certainly took care of business. But again, this was pretty much set up for Wednesday to play exactly the way they wanted to play in a place where they uh, play about as well as anyone in the English Football League right now. So I don't want to say I want to see them do it on a cold Tuesday night in Morricom first, but I kind of want to see them do it on a cold Tuesday night in Morricom first. Well, yeah, I mean, they did it in Bolton. The week before, obviously yeah. not quite as dominant, but I thought they played a similar style of of game, and I, I thought maybe weren't quite as dominant because Bolton's better, but they controlled that game. 
Um, they can pull this one. I, I want to see that uh, what 18th, 19th place team that's trying to eke out a one-one draw. I want to see what they do. Just leading, us. leading on the midfielders and Gregory. I wouldn't try leaning on Mike Smith. He looks yep. like a. I want to see what happens. <laughs> so, but again, that's at this point, like every, and, and we're going to talk more about the incoming transfers as well. But like we, we have people for every situation. We have people for multiple formations, like. What, I, 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 it really does start to feel like whatever somebody wants to put up against us, we should be able to provide an answer for that. Um, you know, but obviously that didn't happen today. I mean, I want to believe, but yeah, show me. So. Yeah, true. It's only August. We will uh, we'll quickly dispense with the Bradford City game uh, earlier today. Yeah, uh, my... My word is shout outs because there were a lot of Rob State gave a lot of shout outs and he had time to give a lot of shout outs because not much actually really happened in this game. It felt like a training exercise where Wednesday just sort of stopped defending in the second half, more or less. Uh, great call though. I, Rob was fucking tremendous. Just, just nonstop shout outs. He was throwing shade all over the place. He was ragging on the, I think you pointed out in the group chat, Jeff, he was, or Mike was one of you guys. He, he was ragging on the linesman for a while. He was he was chirping all sorts of people over the course of the game. It was it was an outstanding. Uh, I wouldn't call it Vin Scully esque, but it wasn't far off. Nine, 90 minutes, ninety minutes solo has got to be nearly impossible. Especially when it's Sheffield Wednesday against Bradford City and the Papa John's Trophy. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean this this pretty much played out like a team that made ten changes from the weekend against a League Two team. That is that is what it looked at. And, you know, Wednesday did not really look, you know, sort of the opposite of what we saw on, on the weekend, and not really free flowing football. The midfield, especially, like I don't like those three midfielders that ever played. I mean, obviously they haven't played together before in their lives. Uh, you know, I thought I thought the back line was all right in the first half, outside of the sort of the weird let off for the first goal. But then, you know, they shifted things around in, in the second half, and then just kind of. A lot of waltzing. I thought that was the, a nice. The, the, I thought the first goal was real nice, to be honest. I I, I don't think it, enough yeah. Wednesday fans were giving him credit. That was that was a tough angle he put. That it was ball a nice from. finish. Like Dawson leans the wrong way. I don't know. I guess it's more. I, mean, I guess you think he's going to try to like curl it near post there, but I feel like Dawson probably could have gotten a hand of that if he had hadn't and at least like flat footed or maybe even moving towards yeah. his far post. It looked like he had the angle. I I don't you know. I, I thought it was just a nice No, shot. it was a perfect example of placement over pace, certainly. But, you know, obviously they equalized right away with the Callum Patterson. <laughs> Pato's <Pat> dive. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, there was contact there. The ball there was, was like, contact I, 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 he, there. He forced the referee into a decision, basically. <laughs> I feel like I've watched four years of him trying to draw a penalty. Yeah, I never I did. Right. <laughs> well, he got it today. Nice Smith penalty by Smith. Took it away. Yeah. It right. Put it keeper, right keeper guessed right, but couldn't get there. Yeah, and no, nobody was getting there. They weren't really creating a ton of chances outside of that, but it is what it is. I felt like we had we did a decent job getting the ball out wide and deep, and mm -hmm. we had a, did a decent job of getting people into the box, and those crosses just didn't get to the right spots yeah, there was one you know? sequence at the towards the end where i think they had like three consecutive corner kicks and they played two short and they came to nothing uh, and the last one yeah. didn't beat the first man just like... 
Well, that's like you said, Jeff, 10 changes, 10 changes, you know, it, 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 there was a feel of like some veterans just getting a run out in the under 23s as they get their fitness levels up. I mean, that was obviously what they did with Michael Smith in that spot. So, you know, they, I didn't really, they shifted the, only... the back line at halftime, which is like a very preseason thing to do. And so here's what I didn't get. Um, why did they push, uh, why did they push James over to the other side? We, we ended up when Galvin came on, we had a left footer on the right side and a right footer on the left side. Yeah. And James got That's absolutely in... undressed for the second goal. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, that was Gal- Galvin. I oh, it was Galvin. The guy just yeah. Yeah. It just, it was, it was strange. I, I didn't really understand. Like, I guess I got taken out Iorfa, but, uh, I don't know. It's it was strange. They clearly, like you said, it was a, it was a preseason training exercise. Yeah, get look, at, they're not going to take that combination particularly seriously because of the crowded fixture schedule. That's fine. I just like for me, it's still it's frustrating because like you know Tuesday afternoon, I got the kid while Jess is teaching, sitting on the couch, just like you know. I'd like to see a nice game of soccer, and I did not get that. It was just kind of like, like I, I'm, I when I'm more invested in the game than sort of the coaching and technical staff are. It's kind of a little frustrating, but again, it's the pizza cup, so whatever. I was, uh, I really enjoyed the cup last year for the novelty of it. I like right, the yeah, it's and, not that. Just game. and oh I thought it'd be excited again this year. And even leading up to this, I was like, wait, I don't give a fuck. We we need to win this league. That's 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 it. I an FA Cup, a league cup, that that's a little different, but uh, sure. not not advancing out of this. I, I could not give two shits. And clearly Darren Moore agrees. So we won't spend any more time on it. We'll instead take a break. Well we come... Jeff, okay, I just again. sorry to interrupt. Yeah, no, okay. I do want to uh, Mike's uh, one word I thought was kind of interesting. I wanted to hear what his, his reasoning was for that. Mike's uh, word is the... necessary. Necessary. Yeah. Um, just you got to get some minutes for some of these guys. We got to see what Reese James can do. We got to see what some of these other players can do. Um, we'll talk about our new signing in a moment, or a new loanee, I guess, in a moment. But um, it was just one of those things. Again, it's like a preseason match. Um, that uh, they needed to get it over with, get some minutes in there. I think Dawson needed to get some little more uh, time out there, so yeah. had to be done. But yeah, again, I, I think uh, I think three games, and, and I was glad to see somewhere in socials. I think it was one of the newspapers called it the PJT, which is much cooler than what we've been calling it. So <laughs> uh, the PJT, and I think uh, this is good use of our PJT time. It's just a uh, highlight of the game was the header by their goalie, right? No, the highlight of the that game was, was that was Bates amazing. Yeah, it's true. It's true. All right, Jeff, I'm done with Bradford City. We're done now. It's not a good use of our <laughs> podcast time. So we'll take a break and come back. Handle the Wednesday news and preview a game against Barnsley. Now it's time for some Wednesday news. And Wednesday keep bringing players in as Alex Mighton on loan from Nottingham Forest. I believe they're 11th incoming player of the window. I mean, the fun thing for me, it's another striker. 
to be clear, another attacking player. You can play as a winger as well. Uh, born in Hartford, Connecticut, the same town I was born in. Apparently, his uh, father worked for ESPN at the time, but he did move back to England when he was three. And his godfather is Des Walker. So a lot of uh, another Wednesday connection there. I guess he's a forest kid. He, he grew up in Nottingham. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he's played for England at the youth levels, but you never know. Maybe we can never steal know, him. Yeah. You know, Premier League, you know, player in the in a Premier League team system. So it might be of interest. But in the uh, the amount of energy he had at, at Bradford City looked looks promising. Looks good. He did. He offers something a little different. Like he's not he's very like tenacious on the ball and he's pretty good with the ball at his feet, but he just he can make a defender miss. I think his movement off the ball is pretty good. They were playing him in a, in a in a number ten role, more of the most further forward midfield position. I wonder if he might work better playing, you know, off a off a Michael Smith or a Lee Gregory type in a more uh, traditional to up front. But yeah, I liked what I saw. He was certainly a handful for the for the Bradford City defense, and he just it's he just keeps. He keeps playing. He plays with a whistle, right? He goes down. He's not there looking to draw cheap fouls. He's there trying to just cut in and be incisive. I thought his distribution was okay. I thought there was some time. I maybe thought he had more time on the ball than he did, but that'll come with more minutes. I was. He's, he's not. He's not in there to distribute. No, no, no. no, no, no. no. Yeah. <laughs> looking forward to see him gel with our midfielders. Yes. So see what they come well, up with. I, I, I think you're right, Jeff. I, I think he's I think you pair him up with a Smith or a Gregory uh, as the little man to the big man. I know Gregory's mm-hmm. not a big man, but he plays more like one. Um, I think you can really, uh, you know, Wilkes the same way. I think you can yeah. really offer a different pace. Um, and again, now we're talking about our fifth striker on the depth chart. <laughs> but if you want to well, for now and play with wings. It's true. It's true. The injuries are coming. We know it. And the outgoing transfer is coming as well. Asilisto heads back to the Netherlands at De Graaf shop. I I was confused because I saw the only tweet. I I mean, I saw the the team tweet about it, but the only Dutch tweet I saw about it was from a team called Go Ahead Eagles, which first of all, great name. Second of all, I guess they're, (laughs) I guess they're De Graaf shops rivals. So I think they're doing a play on like, so what for it or something. It's very confusing. I don't speak Dutch. I don't know how good the Twitter translate is, but imagine like bantering over a Silosa oh, transfer, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, whatever. We have yeah. we have enough players better than him that yeah. we're not gonna made, go around. He, he made we're the not gonna right go around and share our uh memories. <laughs> Would we get we get any cash for him? Uh, undisclosed fee, so not much, sure. probably. 50 grand. Uh, Might not be the only outgoing transfer uh, in the... I don't know if the Rovers pregame or postgame. There were some questions about interest in Wednesday players, and Darren Moore seemed to not particularly happy about it. And leaking out this week, apparently Darby County has interest in Lee Gregory and Blackpool has interest in George Byers. And neither of them traveled to Bradford City for the game today. I mean, I don't I don't know why they would, even if they weren't in the shop window. I'm not saying they even are, but if there wasn't this around, they didn't really need to play in this game. But uh again, yeah, do we think there's anything to this? Obviously, I think two key players for Wednesday promotion push this year. 
I mean, the, the talent is there and you can see why someone would want some of our players. Um, but given Chancery's history of hanging on to mediocre and old players till their contracts run out, uh, it's very uncharacteristic of us to sell anyone right now. Unless, yeah, but I think Darren Moore actually quoted today, everyone has a price, but I don't see it happening for anyone. Oh, if, if uh, Blackpool wants to give us $8 million for <laughs> George Byers, well, I love George Byers, but we've got a lot of players in the midfield, and, and we sure shit could use $8 million. But, you know, the, the idea that Derby, who's in worse financial shape than we are, is going to fucking scoop Lee Gregory, to me, sounds like absolutely absurd. Um, unless Gregory's got, you know, Gregory thinks he's not going to get the playing time. Um, well, why would you? Why would you do that? Uh, yeah, I mean, Gregory is clearly going to be the the first choice striker here. Darby can't actually offer a fee. I mean, maybe I I don't think they can realistically offer higher wages than Wednesday. Really, can, yeah, as far as we see, I'm sure no, they're interested. Absurd. I'm sure they're interested in Lee Gregory. So fair enough. Awesome. Fuck yeah. you, Derby. Right. <laughs> you're not you're not taking Lee Gregory. I'd I'd be I'd be very upset by that one. I can't see them moving buyers, but obviously uh you know, it gets a little more complicated when there's championship teams involved, I suppose. Um well yeah. buyers had a pretty solid uh internet rebuttal, no social media. Sure rebuttal it they always say that it's like they always say that they right? say until that. they start following blackpool on instagram or whatever right? <laughs> it's true uh, but yeah i don't uh, think there's really anything to this i think it's just the usual end of window scuttlebutt and uh, we will move on and the team will move on as well to barnsley at the weekend take it away justin so we were we were talking earlier we haven't had a barnsley preview in a couple of years they were up in the championship we've been uh We've been down. Um, so uh, Barnsley's a South Yorkshire team. Um, just reminder to Patty A. Jones, this is not a derby, Patty. I don't give a shit what you say. Um, Barnsley is the Tykes, uh, which is cute. They were formed in 1887, and, uh, and pretty cool. They played at Oakwell since 1888. Joined the EFL uh, late 1800s. Actually won the uh, FA Cup in 1912, which is Pretty good for a team of this size. They have spent more time in the second division than any club uh, in England. Uh, spent more years and, in fact, played more games in the second division. So that kind of gives you an idea of where Barnsley is. The, the one other cool story about them is the, uh, most people know that Arsenal are famed for never being relegated. In after World War II, Arsenal actually got relegated in 1920, but the Football League expanded from 20 to 22 teams so Barnsley uh, had been promoted, but apparently all of the owners of the clubs got together and decided to vote on who should make up the last two spots in the uh, top division, and they picked relegated Arsenal. So Arsenal was relegated, but was called up in place of Barnsley. Um, and what, is that, this, what is this, the Super League 100 years before the Super League? Ex exactly, exactly. Um, and that sad cloud has hung over them uh, ever since. Uh, this year, they're 16th, again, fresh down from the championship. Two wins, uh, draw three losses, seven points. I'm, uh, minus one goal difference. Uh, they have not yet won on the road this year. Uh, their form is loss, win, loss, win, loss, draw. 
uh, the last time we played them uh, was two years ago in the championship. Both away teams won. Our second game was at Oakwell in a closed door game in late March of mm. 2020. <laughs> so, um, you know, that is what that is. Uh, so their manager is Michael Duff, who, as we were talking about, uh, we talked about last year known for being the man who ascended through the top eight divisions of the English football pyramid uh, in ascending order, both at Cheltenham and then Burnley, came up from the non-league all the way up to the premiership, former Northern Ireland international. Uh, he was hired as a head coach by Cheltenham uh, a couple of years ago and immediately uh, promoted him to League One, uh, League Two manager of the year, and then Last season brought them to their highest ever finish in the football pyramid uh, in 15th place in the third division. He left uh, to join Barnsley for this year when he was at Cheltenham. And so far this year at Barnsley, he's played a 3-5-2, likes to be compact, presses hard with the front three, but will see possession after that, likes to get you on the counter through wide attacks. So I'd imagine we're going to see, especially at Hillsborough, uh, they might try to play the way that Forrest Green should have. Sit back, uh, clog the middle, and break outside behind our wingbacks. Uh, see if that can cause some trouble. Uh, their big loss, who uh, should remember from the last couple of times we played them, was a big forward, Collie Woodrow, has moved to Luton. Um, but they have gotten a couple of good players in, including Nicky Cadden, who's a wingback they stole from uh, – Forrest Green. He was one of Forrest Green's best players last year. A uh, couple names that may sound familiar. James Norwood's up front from Ipswich. And a couple Irish uh, Irishmen come in. Uh, and I, the other name that I kind of feel like people would remember is Callum Stiles. He was playing as a uh, fullback for them a couple of years ago. And under the new manager, he's playing as a wingback. He's got a goal and an assist this year. Um so we'll see. I mean, we, we should take care of them. But like I said, this is a team who has a good manager and seems to know the approach to winning a game on the road against a team like us, right? Fill the middle, uh, press our midfield, and uh, try to hit us on counters behind our wingbacks. That is the script to follow. We'll see if Barnsley can pull it off on Saturday. I have my doubts. But we'll see how it goes. Well, I hope not. Yeah, I'm looking forward to maybe seeing Lee Gregory and Michael Smith up front too for the first time. I, mean, I guess they they played together briefly uh, in like the first game of the season, but I mean, I the, uh, the I'd be pretty right tempted there. to go right back to the team that we played against Bolton and uh, Forest Green. Sure. Start with Windass and uh, Gregory up there. Smith would be pretty painful to deal with coming in sixty minutes into a game. Yeah. We do have some meetups coming up uh, back at New Orleans at Finn McCool's on Saturday and, of course, Football Factory in New York. I'm reliably informed, I believe it's for the uh, Plymouth game, there's a more expansive New York Owls event. But uh, since none of the New York Owls will come on the podcast anymore, they're not uh, going <laughs> to promote it. So maybe one of them will actually come on next week. We'll see. But for now, you've been listening to episode 186 of the Owls and Aircast. You find us on the internet at owlsamericas.com. You know the show at owlsamericas at gmail.com. Find and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at owlsamericas. Our podcast intro and bumper is by fellow Wednesday as Trevor and the Makers. The podcast is on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Podbean, 
probably anywhere else you choose to download podcasts. There's no wrong way to listen to the show. Just do what feels right. And wherever you choose to consume the Owls of America, we ask that you rate or view the show. It helps more Wednesdays find our ramblings. Justin is hopefully typing his Twitter handle into the doc. Like, I don't remember. It's at New England Owls. Very difficult to remember, Justin. Uh, Justin, do you prefer Miller Lite or Miller High Life? Uh, that's a great question. So if I'm going to play hockey or it's going to be hot and sweaty and I'm at the mm-hmm. beach and I've got to drink six of them, Miller Lite. But goddamn, Jeff, don't make me choose something other than the champagne of beers. <laughs> Mike is on Twitter at Cascadia Owls. Mike, uh, I assume you are still stuck in the same heat wave we are for the next week or so. At least, yes. So you guys uh-huh. share weather now? Kinda. Yeah, sometimes I do it. Yes. We'll, we'll definitely get the smoke from their forest fires too, probably. <laughs> the, yeah, the, the, the Southern Oregon forest fires are pretty nasty, so I hope everybody down there is uh, doing all right. Yeah, I was talking to one of my neighbors the other day, and she was like, "Yeah, last summer the entire." Uh, all the mountains were on fire because you can just like, I can just obviously like look out my window and I got mountains on four sides basically. But uh, yeah, that's something to look forward to. I'm on Twitter <laughs> at Jeff Fattered Astro. And we'll see you back here for another weather report and another Wednesday game next week.